Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to Paradox, everyone. This is Josh Myers. And, and I'm Jimmy. Thanks for joining us. And we are so happy to have Nikki Koziars with us today. Nikki, how are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks so much. I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Nikki is a speaker, a writer. She works for Proverbs 31. She coordinates their online Bible study there. And then she her first book actually released in March of this year, Five Habits of a Woman Who Doesn't Quit. Nikki, tell us about your ministry at Proverbs 31. Yes. So I am on our speaker team. So I travel across the country um, preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is um, one of the highest honors of my life for sure. And I also help um, lead our online Bible studies, which um, our current online Bible study has over 50,000 participants. So it's quite a move of God, and we are really excited about what the Lord is doing. And I also um, help write for our free online daily devotion that we provide through the ministry. And that's all at Proverbs31.org, correct? Yep, yep, everything's there. Now, your, your, and am I correct, your first book? Yes, this is my first book. Your first book, Five Habits of a Woman Who Doesn't Quit. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, this book was written from um, the place in my life, which I consider the weakest spot. A lot of people write from um, their expertise and the things that they have accomplished, but this is my biggest struggle. And the Lord um, allowed me to get behind a woman in the Bible. Her name is Ruth, and she taught me what it was like to be able to stick out a commitment to someone else or to God from the very beginning until the very end. And when I saw what God did through Ruth and the ability that she had to literally impact the generational line that Jesus Christ one day came through, I got really excited and really fired up. And so I saw these habits, these five habits lived out in her life. These are not my habits. Um, And so these are habits that Anyone, whether you're a guy or a woman, can pick up when you're going through a commitment that you just don't feel like you have the ability to stick it out until the very end. Um, because I don't know if you guys are in this position, but I want to I want to impact my generation, and sure. I want to be a woman who changes generational lines for the good. And so that's going to require going through some hard places and sticking out some commitment. Absolutely. Now, Nikki. Everyone knows God wants us to be happy. So how do we, I say that facetiously, (laughs) how do you handle it when someone comes up to you and says, well, doesn't God want me to be happy? Therefore, I ditch this commitment. Well, I think what we have to do instead of thinking about, I actually had somebody ask me yesterday if I was happy in the commitment that I was in, and I actually had this moment where I thought, this isn't about being happy or not. This is about following what God has for me. And so um, in the book, I talk about following through despite how you feel. And 
feelings will always try to dictate our direction. And so when we're going through a circumstance that is making us feel less than happy, less than joyful, um, we have two choices. We can either become more dependent upon God or we can detour away from God. And I have found that a lot of people, this is the place where they quit because um, I think when we think about what it means to follow God, it should feel easy and it should be simple and, and God should make us happy and it should just be, you know, peaches and cream all day long. But we get surprised when we're following after God and it feels hard and it feels messy. And sure. um, so th- that is where a lot of people want to give up because their feelings dictate their direction. And how do you, so you, you share kind of your personal experience of, of struggling with this. Did you also see this as kind of a, a, a global general problem? A lot of women or a lot of men, do a lot of people struggle with this idea of quitting? Yes. And actually, um, the concept from the book came from a shocking statistic I heard from Andy Stanley one time. He said that 90% of people who start to pursue something for the kingdom of God, whether it's to take a neighbor a meal, to go on a mission trip, to start a Bible study, to write a book, like whatever it is, 90% of people never see it all the way through to completion. And I wish I could sit here and say, yeah, that 90% over there. But the reality is I've been part of that 90% and y'all have too. like, we've all had things inside of us that, that we feel like God has asked us to do or stretched us and we just haven't done it. And what would happen in our world today if say only 85% didn't see it all the way through, like just 5% more, you know, I think we would have a whole lot more churches filled with people. I think we would see homelessness being eradicated and orphans being adopted. I mean, I think we would see a lot of amazing things happen in our generation. Why do you think it's so easy to quit? I don't think it's always easy to quit. I think a lot of people, they, they wrestle with this, but the reality is we, we do want that staples easy button in our lives. Like we want to hit it when things get really hard. Um, and so it, it's not always easy to make that decision to give up. I think, and I've struggled with this. I wrestle a lot with, with, you know, pushing all the way through. In fact, on my website, you can go take this assessment. It's called what type of quitter are you? And so every personality has a different tendency to quit different things. Um, and at different stages in the process of the commitment. So some people, they quit really early because they get going and it just gets super hard and they're like, ah, I'm done. And then other people, they push really hard, but they don't see the results. And so then they give up. And then other people are what I call quiet quitters where, you know, they start to just quietly pull themselves back from their commitments and they don't even realize that they're quitting. Mm. Um, but after a series of months or weeks or even years, they look back and they realize I have totally given up on that commitment. What type of quitter are you? <laughs> well, I kind of <laughs> tend to fall into all the categories. Um, <laughs> But, but I was going to ask you if there's a category for quitting diets, <laughs> <laughs> because I would definitely, Jimbo, uh, would definitely fall into that. that category. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm definitely a quiet quitter. I, um, but I also I can go the opposite direction. Like in the book, I talk about a concept called quitzilla, where you can be furious, fast, and fed up and walk away. And so I have those it kind of, it varies with me. Like with ministry, I tend to be a quiet quitter, but you know, with things personally or in my family, I can definitely turn into that quitzilla. <laughs> now you have three girls, is that correct? I do. Yes. And, and what do. are their ages? 
Um, they are 15, 13, and 10. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, you know, this is, a, this is such a unique time to just be a Christian parent, period. You know, with some struggles and some uh, things that parents 10 years ago, certainly 20 years ago, never even dawned on them to be a concern. As you're raising three young ladies in the midst of this perverse generation, what are your biggest concerns and what is your uh, you know, kind of primary focus with those girls of yours? Mm, well, that's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely, you know, um, we are, you know, in, in the thick of it. But here's the thing, um, you know, we definitely struggle with the social media, the amount of time on cell phones, the things like that. Um, but I have really been challenging my girls um, in the, uh, the, the process of speaking truth over their lives. And so I think we're living in a generation today where we're not like, they're not asking the question anymore. Like, is God real? Is he not real? They're, they're asking the question, what can God do to change my life? And so when we're looking at our girls and what we're raising them, we're teaching them the truth of God based on the ability of what God could do through their life of obedience to him. Um, and so like I grew up in a generation where it was kind of the doom and gloom gospel, you know, um, mm. you know, preachers yelling, you know, all kinds of things from the pulpit and things like that. And we have to be careful in this generation for sure, because I think we pull the grace card out maybe too much. Um, and so we, my husband and I are committed to this process of raising them in love and truth, but really just that process of learning to speak truth over their thoughts, their actions, their words, and their souls. Very nice. Now, as it pertains to your three girls, how do you and your husband foster this idea of not quitting? Because you, you're, you are right. We've got a generation of parents that, oh my gosh, little sweetie, are you slightly uncomfortable? Uh, then you don't have to do that anymore. How do you sort of buck the system that they're in and teach them perseverance? Yeah, so we live in that generation where every kid gets a trophy for everything, yeah. <laughs> and it, it drives my husband and I crazy for sure. Um, but, you know, here's what we are, we're teaching our girls. We're teaching them that seasons come and seasons go, and so you have to know what season you're in. So in our house, you know, um, so my daughter, my middle daughter, she's been a swimmer for the past several years. But she's made this decision. She finished out her season this last year, and she decided against me and my husband's, you know, input into it. She decided she wants to try something else. And so we're teaching them to finish their commitment that they made. Like in the Cozy Arts house, there's no dropping out mid-season. We don't sign up for something and not do it like you're doing it. You're going rain or shine. You're going there. Um, but we also are giving them that freedom to make that decision of, you know, is this what I really want to do? And I think parents today, we put so much pressure on these kids to be in so many activities. Oh, and, preach it, sister. you know, I, I mm. mean, it's crazy what we've, we've created. And I'm finding that the older my girls get, that if, like, because we were so busy the first, like, 10 years of their lives, like, they kind of get to this place when they don't have all this stuff happening. They're, they're like, oh, my gosh, who am I? What am I supposed to do? And so <laughs> I've seen how unhealthy that can be um, for a family. So there's a difference between quitting and finishing, um, and yeah. that's what we're trying to teach them. Very nice. Uh, you know, and I, I think maybe you talked with Josh, you know, beforehand, but w 
we really want to try to include guys in this parenting marriage discussion, you know, through this podcast. So I know sometimes for dads, raising girls can be an issue. You know, you kind of understand guys and you, and you roll around and you throw the football with them. And yeah, I mean, I think dads are, are much more comfortable as a whole parenting young men. What would you say to those dads out there if you could give them advice or encouragement in raising girls? What would that be? Well, this is what I tell my husband all the time, and we don't do this perfectly, and he would totally admit this. He does great with them when they're, like, doing sports and things like that. But there are times where I tell my husband, I say, you're going to have to come into her world. And so um, sometimes, you know, my girls have, like, especially my oldest one, because she's a runner and my husband's a runner. So that's kind of where they bond. But then she starts to feel like the only time he wants to bond with her is through the running. (laughs) Ah, Very nice, um, yeah. Yeah, so he's got to come into their world more, which means, you know, for the youngest one, he has to go to the cheerleading competitions and, um, you know, the things that he doesn't get super excited to be part of. But, um, yeah, I think just being intentional about coming into their world and asking them, you can't ask a teenager or a young girl enough questions about themselves. They love to talk about themselves. (laughs) So, you know, just ask them questions about their day, even if they roll their eyes at you and all that stuff. You just got to push past all that. It's interesting. Teenage girls and Jimmy, they love to talk about themselves. Yes. I found that to be true. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, and one more, this thing is fascinating with your involvement in Proverbs 31 and uh, your book, uh, but also I'm fascinated that you're raising these three girls. What a great perspective to share with folks that are listening. One more thing about your your relationship with your girls as a parent. It's co- sort of notorious that there comes a time in which the females in the family clash that the mom and the whether it's the oldest daughter or whatever, they lock horns. How have you handled, because a lot of people just go, oh my goodness, here it comes. How do you handle that mother-daughter relationship so that it doesn't get too frayed? Oh, well, I don't know that I'm doing it super well right now because, <laughs> you know, we have a 15-year-old and that yes. is the thick of this. You know, she's trying to figure out who she is and she knows a lot. And um, so one of the things that I pray consistently is that I pray that God would make me the mom that they need me to be, not that they want me to be, uh, the mom that they need me to be. And so, um, you know, I'm definitely not like, um, and I think you should be, you know, friendships with your kids is great, but like, I don't think any of my girls would say, oh, my mom's my best friend, right. um, because we're not in that season of life yet. Like, hopefully later mm-hmm. on, I would love for them to say that, but right yep. now, I am, you know, I I hate to say it, but I'm still kind of that authority mean figure, you know, that a lot of times they don't like what I say. Um, So it's this fine line. Now, there's a lot of times where I have to step back and I have to say, okay, she thinks that she knows what she's doing. So I'm just going to have to step back and let her learn this life lesson right now. And that's hard. Well, it is, but you just nailed it. There are times when it is imperative that we let them fail. You know, we, we just seem to have this generation of parents that just want to throw a feather pillow under their rear end every time they stumble. And, and I mean, I think God allows it. He said he disciplines those that he loves. He allows those negatives. And sometimes I think as parents, we step between God and his child. 
uh, God's going, wait a minute, I'm trying to do something here. Get out of the way. But yes, it's, and that's something that I think a whole lot of uh, younger parents especially need to embrace, this idea of allowing your child to fail. Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, I think not that I'm defending the parents who, who feel that way, but I think we as parents these days, we carry a lot of guilt um, because, you know, a lot of moms, they work. Um, we're, we're living in different days and times. And so I don't think it's been intentional that we've moved. Like nobody just woke up and said, okay, we're just going to, you know, move towards that type of parenting. But, you know, I think our culture has changed so much. But I do agree. Sometimes, you know, we as parents, we do need to step in and still be that authority figure um, that will one day turn into that friendship. That's great. Yeah, guys, if you want more information about Nikki, it's NikkiCoziars.com. And Coziars is spelled K-O-Z-I-A-R-Z. You can also check her out at Proverbs31.org. On Facebook at NikkiCoziars.ministry. Instagram is Nikki.Coziars. And Twitter is the same, Nikki.Co... No, it's just Nikki Coziars. Sorry, not no dot, correct? Correct. Yeah, so Instagram and Twitter are both Nikki Coziars. Nikki, thank you so much for joining Nikki, us. Nikki, you're fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, guys. This was so fun. What'd you think? Man, she was fantastic. She, um, It surprised me because she had a voice like I thought she was going to be like 29 or 30. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, she had sort of a youngish voice, but she's got a 15-year-old. And is can a 30-year-old not provide wisdom? <laughs> No, uh, not even 32-year-olds. Three, um, 33. Three. Three. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Well, 34 this year, Jimbo. Early 30s. Yeah, so Jimbo, sorry, one thing. Jimbo one time told me that you don't, you're don't, you not really a man until 35. It's like, what in the world? You almost had a graduating senior by 35. Like, how can you not be a man until 35? Yes, but then again, I'm 56, and I'm, ju- I'm still in my early 50s. Uh-huh. So you just yeah. kind of, the older you get, the more you adjust that up. She was, uh, she had a really a lot of really good things to say. Yeah. I think that's an interesting topic for a young parent to address because that absolutely flies in the face of our culture, which is, hey, anything that causes you the least amount of stress, ditch it. Because this is all about your happiness and your comfort. It's interesting, and I, not knowing where she was necessarily going to take all this today, I, I didn't really think about it ahead of time. But it's it's interesting. I think a, our younger generation within the church is somewhat kind of getting traction on this idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do think that that there are a lot of folks out there that do like their comforts. Uh, they want to achieve their parents' level of success by twenty two or whatever, right? So. I think there is that out there, um, but I think that this is starting to make sense to the younger generation as well, specifically of parents. Yes, and we would hope so. But, you know, we again, especially when it comes to just materialism and that sort of a thing, you know, we we have so much Mm -hmm. that we don't tend to appreciate much of anything. I've had so many young men come through my office that they've gotten a job at a supermarket for a summer. Their parents made them and everything. And. And they're just going, I mean, I worked all this time and I just got like $115. Yeah. It's, just, it's like, well, what do you, what do you, where do you what think happens. money comes from? Exactly. Uh, so to hear a, a young lady and a young lady with influence to come out and, and say it is, you know, it's time that we 
teach our children perseverance, stick to it which is why yeah. James says, count it pure joy when you experience sure. all these trials, when you suffer, count it joy because it's building in us perseverance. Sure. So, uh, man, Nikki Koziars. Great, great interview. Go check her out and uh, look us up at paradoxpodcast.com uh, for previous episodes, soon to be episodes as well. On Monday, we'll have another content episode for you. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's Docs Podcast. You can also find me, Josh, at all three of those platforms. It is Doc Josh Myers. Yeah, on Facebook, I'm Dr. Jimmy Myers. And uh, on Twitter and uh, Instagram, it's at J Myers Fam. Thank you guys for joining us. Take care. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. If you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. We're not going to hold a grudge when we realize that what Christ has done for us, if we live in a constant state of understanding that we don't hold grudges, we, we want to give that grace away, even if it means, you know, it, it means bending and, and forgiving when we've been hurt.